Hi, everyone. I'm Yasmin Nori, and you're listening to the Behind Her Empire podcast. I'm on a mission to showcase successful self-made women who share honest stories and lessons of what it really takes to create the life you want and build your own empire. In this week's mini episode, we'll be focusing on the realities of managing both motherhood and your career. The fundamental question that many women uniquely ask themselves is, can I still be successful and pursue my desires of being a mother and building a family? Because this is something that many women ask themselves at some point in their life, I think it's important to have a conversation around it. And there are definitely a lot of layers to dig into. One of the best things we can do is to hear from women who have gone down this path and are willing to share their own misconceptions of their journey and what their solutions were to certain challenges that they faced. I've specifically picked two incredible entrepreneurs to expand on this topic of why balance is BS, especially when it comes to women, motherhood, and their careers. Today's mini episode features Shilpa Shah, the founder of the direct-to-consumer luxury fashion brand Kuyana, and Dinah Trout, the founder of the popular kombucha brand HealthAid Kombucha. Both Shilpa and Dinah share their top advice they would give their younger self or any woman who is thinking about building both their family and empire. Let's first start with Shilpa, who talks about why the fundamental nature of balance is completely backwards and a disservice to women. I think balance is total bullshit. I think that as a objective that we put on women to try to achieve, I think it's an impossible one. I also don't like the word because it means you're taking from one to give to the other and to really push your options. That's just not achievable. So to me, I play different roles at different times. I joke that I'm mother of the year, one day a year on their birthdays. I am very real about where I'm going to fall short. I outsource relentlessly. One of the best business decisions I made at Guyana was to hire an amazing nanny who has been with us for eight years. I don't know any of this would be possible without her. You know, and I, I want to give shout outs to, to the help I get, right? I just don't try to balance. I, I think if we seek fulfillment and we maximize for that, then we know that it can be achieved. Maybe it can be achieved in aggregate. And maybe there are years where you just work hard and you forego your personal development or you forego, you know, having children or you forgo, you know, running a business, whatever that might be that you want to maximize your potential, that's what you have to do. And then figure out how you can just still feed those things so that they don't die. Right. But I don't think you can be all things to all people at all times. And I I think anyone who achieves that's just going to be sad because they're failing all the time. It's just an unachievable objective. No, I'm so glad you're you're doing that because I think there's a lot of expectation for, you know, women to be amazing mothers, amazing partners, amazing founders if they want to start a business and it doesn't seem like it's achievable in a 24-hour day. It's not. And these days, Yasmin, it's even worse. I mean, we put female founders on these panels. We glorify them, right? And and we don't show the struggle and the sacrifice that, you know, like I was in counseling with my husband in those early days, right? Like I, I almost quit because I felt like, you know, my son couldn't take it, right? He was like falling through cracks, like the house was falling through cracks, like the family was breaking until I got really good help. And then I was like, okay, I can continue to do this, right? Like there's a lot of those moments where you, I didn't go to bed for the first five years before 3 a.m., right? Like I'd put him to bed 
I would stare at the wall for half an hour just because I, I would be so wiped and then I'd get back online, right? And then I'd do it again every day. And that's without knowing, you know, those early years where you're going to be, nobody celebrated you. There was no success. We didn't know if we were going to make it. It was hard enough to get like people to like our Facebook page that were friends. You would send an email and you're like, just, we have an investor pitch. Just hit the button, please. Right? Like that was hard. And those very same people are like, oh my God, look how successful you are. Like, I'm like, I remember remember that. (laughs) I remember that you didn't hit like, you know, like I, because Carla and I knew every order. We would call each other like, oh my God, today's the day that someone knew that we don't know ordered from us. Like that's like, was such a breakthrough. And then Carla would be like, today's the day this person, I'd be like, oh, that I know her, right? Like it was like, we were just waiting and, and to do that day in, day out and never get the accolades, right? Like putting these women on panels and not representing that as a disservice to other female entrepreneurs. We have to, we have to show the full picture. And that is the mission of the podcast is to talk about the realities of entrepreneurship and what it takes to be a founder, because to your point, I think a lot of it is glorified. So I know we talked a little bit about this already, but what advice do you have for women who are looking to manage their family and also their startup life? I know you talked about how tough it was in the early days when you'd be up till three in the morning trying to work on the business after your sons went to sleep. So looking back on your own personal journey, what advice do you have for women who are looking to do that today? Yeah, I think it's really about making sure they're solving the right problem. I don't necessarily think that every woman should be a female founder, right? Like I I do think that we should see why are we doing these objectives? What are we trying to get from it? I think starting at the top, like what problems are they trying to solve? And if there's something that's fueling them, and I hope it's not the glamour of it, right? That, oh, I want to be on stage two, like so-and-so. I want to be on the cover of a magazine because that can't be your reason. So you have to figure out deeply as to what, if you look at your landscape and you say, what will be the opportunity that gives me no regret? What allows me to push myself to the ultimate level that I want to be pushed to and being realistic about what that can be? And what am I unwilling to sacrifice? Like I was unwilling to sacrifice my family right? I pushed it to the brink, I would have left, right? If I didn't find the right person to help us, I would have left. I would have had to. So so defining all those things first for yourself and then going after your dream, I think is important. I think it's eyes wide open. And I, that's the part that my mom in her praise now, even when we saw the early success and we raised rounds of money, she didn't relax. She didn't relax until she saw that my kids were happy, you know, like then she was like, okay, you know, you got this. You're not going to screw up one or the other. Right. Because she knew that for me, happiness needed both. That doesn't mean that that's the case for everyone. So you have to really identify what fuels you and then decide we should put other women on the covers of magazines too. Don't get me wrong. I think what we as founders have done is legendary. I know that the impact that we make and being part of that 2.6% provides an example to so many women. And if that's what you want to go, go do, go do it. But also like, don't, we shouldn't diminish the other work that women do in the process. 
In my conversation with Dinah, I wanted to bring in her specific clip because some women, career-oriented or not, are asking honest questions around, do I even want a family? In Dinah's case, there was a life-changing event that made her realize that prioritizing family was absolutely something that she wanted. Of course, that's not the same for everyone, but I think it's important to talk about because we as women have both the right to want to prioritize family and the right to not want to prioritize family. And most importantly, we have the right to change our minds. It's so important for women to talk about this subject openly because the truth is for so long, society has tried to control the conversation and make the decision for us. Let's listen to Dinah's story and the life-changing event that had her rethink the priorities in her life and also learn why having kids ultimately made her an even better CEO. Of course, it's hard to think about how you can fit in a kid when you're working all the time and there's no time for kids, right? It doesn't make any logical sense, again. But, um, and and we were pretty much planning to be a family that um, Justin and I, so Justin, my co-founder, is also my husband, okay? Um, we were kind of like, well, maybe we're just not going to be a family unit that has kids because we've got health aid and that's like what we do. And, um, basically we, we ended up being forced into it. Um, I'm not like a hippy dippy person, but the universe does send me sort of lessons all the time. I don't know what that's about, but I, uh, <laughs> we got in like a very bad car accident, very bad, very life threatening, should have died. Um, somehow I walked away completely unscathed. Wow. Like just, I, I just dislocated my jaw, but it really should have been bad. We flipped a 28 foot truck on five filled with kombucha. Long story. Anyway, the point is, I don't know what happened after that, but I could stop thinking about kids. It was like, suddenly I woke up and I was like, life is short. Life is short. What am I doing? I also want to be a mom. It is what it is. Like, how am I going to do both? And I just kind of couldn't stop talking about it and thinking about it. It was like this weird thing. And Justin was like, let's do it. And so- you know, we kind of pulled the goalie, got pregnant the first time, and that was it. Wow. It was like, oh, okay, this is for real now. So just like anything else in life, like we're all experiencing it with corona right now. It, whatever seems undoable, it just becomes doable. You do get through it. I don't know what to say. You just do because it's one step in front of the other. And or it's one foot in front of the other, one step in front of the other. It's just one. It's like you just figure it out. You can't do it all, but you figure out a way to make whatever you're in work. So after having a kid, it's there's no question it's challenging. And I wonder what the F I did with all my time before. I'm like, I wish I could go fast forward back and be like, or back, uh, rewind back and be like, do you even appreciate the time you have? I'm listening to you right now. Every woman we've interviewed says the same thing. They're like, I don't know what I did with my life before I had kids. I'm like, shoot, every minute has to be productive. <laughs> no, no, that's the thing. You can't, you can't, it's not, it doesn't work like that, right? Like think about even just how Corona has impacted us. Like you look back at your life before and you're like, I didn't realize I liked going to hike so much. You know, you can't, by definition, you can never appreciate fully what you have until it's gone. I don't know why that is. Yeah, it's true. It's you know, but, but, um, yes. So you have less time. You have to figure it out. I have all kinds of tips and stuff on how to do that. But the real high level thing is, um, you know, you, you can do both. Um, you absolutely can. It's not that you're expected to do it all though. Other things have to either come off the plate or you delegate. Like it's really that simple. I have somebody who takes care of the kids 
does the laundry and cooks me dinner every night. That's how I make the CEO thing work plus being a mom. On the flip side, when I'm home with my kids, five five o'clock, like the bell rings. I'm like, I don't care what, I don't care if health aid's on fire. I'm going, I'm a mom. And so they get my undivided attention until they go to bed. If I have more work to do, it happens after eight. Um, and then the weekends are pretty sacred. So I'm like very good about setting the boundaries, um, but you can absolutely do both. You just need to recognize that not everything makes it on the boat. You know, like here's another example. I used to be a really, I mentioned I'm, I'm, I'm into food. I love food. I used to love cooking. I self-published a cookbook a long oh, time ago. Oh, you did? I have to check it out. Someone's in the kitchen with Diana. I love it. I love it. <laughs> I don't even know if you can buy it anymore. But anyway, it was there. And I was really into food. Cooked all the time, every day. It was a big part of my life. Yeah. So once I had kids and health aid, it was like, you know, I couldn't do it. And I remember having this big, difficult moment of like putting that down. And, you know, I've now come to a new place with it. I'm like, okay, it's just not the chapter where I cook every day in my life. It, it just, it just isn't. I don't know what to say. It will be again one day. And I had that for a period, but it's not that important to me that it's like top five. So I've listed out essentially what my priorities are and I make sure I feed those priorities and it can't just be health aid either. Um, by the way, you have to fit in there as an individual, but you can do it. You can absolutely do it. I know that if I can do it, you can do it. Um, I mean, you, the plural you. And, um, and it's not that difficult. It's just a matter of carving out time for everything you care about and being really, really, really disciplined on only doing the things you care about. So no more play dates and hanging out with people you just don't care about that much. It's like you, you kind of have to limit what you do, but you can do it. Um, and I'm really happy, I would say, on the whole. And I, I live a pretty balanced life because I'm good about that discipline sort of allocation of time. Um, but the, the thing that I didn't quite realize going into it, cause that's kind of the easy part. That's a little bit just like getting things done. Like you car, what you feed grows and what you starve dies. Like you have to just be, be very cognizant about that. The surprising thing was how, how much better of a CEO I became after I, I, I had kids. And that was something I didn't expect. So, um, I had a very rare position. I had sort of a very rare opportunity to be in the position of both founder or, or all the things. I was the founder, the CEO, pregnant, um, and also mom with my second kid, like all these things at once. And so I saw both the impact the pregnancy and the kid was having on me as an individual, as an employee, as a leader. Um, and then I also saw the impact that that was having on the company because it is a burden in the beginning to the company. I, mean, I think we don't talk about it enough and it would be kind of uncouth to talk about really, but you know, I had to miss a lot of work. Um, I had really bad morning sickness with the second one. And, um, you know, the last trimester, I was just so tired. I don't know. I mean, I had to miss work. I wasn't as productive, la, la, la. Um, and then I took time off to be with the kids. And my I had a little bit of a NICU experience with the, with the second kid, which was horrible, but it was fine. But the point is, um, there was a impact the business. And I remember from sitting in that lens, I'm like, wow, like definitely being a woman impact. Like we've had to work around the fact that I'm having a baby. Like we had to do that. Um, but then what was interesting is, um, I can't, I took the time though, because I really wanted to, and I came back three months later. So kind of knowing a little bit, I was, I felt indebted to the business a bit. 
what I recognized um, when I came back was me being gone, first of all, was so important to the business. Like it forced everybody to elevate. And had I just been gone for a week or two or had I been checking in a lot, like they never would have worked around me being gone. And them simply working around me being gone essentially meant that way more was a- was able to be handled by someone else that I was once handling. Does that make sense? Yeah. So um, without even actively delegating it, like they just took it on and did fine. And so when I came back, I almost immediately went back to my usual cadence of like, okay, so let's see, I got my one-on-ones every you know week with my executives. And then I started saying, wait, why do I need to do weekly one-on-ones with my executives? Like that was taking up a whole day of time basically. When I was gone for three months, I only talked to my chief of HR once every three, four weeks. She texted me when she needed me, but she handled everything else. My chief finance, like he updated me once a month with an email. I didn't need, so it sort of made me realize like, wait, no, going back to that old cadence actually isn't really necessary. I created a new cadence, which allowed them to do more and me to elevate more and elevate on top of the business. And then two months after I came back, we had a new innovation we were about to launch. And that was all me. It was all because I had the brain space and the um, and everybody else was doing that other work that I was like, oh shit, we need to innovate and fast. And I have an idea and let me push the team and la la la. And it was like 60 days after I came back, we had literally a can in hand. I'm not taking full credit for that because it was a huge team effort, but I definitely pushed it there. And I remember looking at that moment and thinking, that would have never happened if I didn't take three months off. I know it's crazy to say, but it would have never happened. I wasn't capable to see the business from that perspective with the amount of work I was doing. So I now, my coworker, Vanessa, is about to have a baby. And I just sent her an email being like, you would be doing us a disservice if you check in too much. You would be doing us a disservice. It's not just you. You're, you know, you need, we need to learn how to work without you and then come back. And you're fucking baller, Vanessa. Like you can push the business in ways we we need you to, and you can't right now because you're overloaded with the whirlwind. So anyway, long story short, is that helped? The second thing is you just you just don't have time for BS anymore when you become a mom. Um, you know, you just you don't have time. You don't value you value efficiency a lot more. So I just became way better at communication and just being like, nope, don't have time for this. Don't have time for this. Like delegate and elevate. That's like I'm gonna put that on a T-shirt. That's. 100% the job of the CEO. There are so many layers on the topic of women, motherhood, and entrepreneurship. And by no means do we cover them all. But at least through hearing from two self-made entrepreneurs, Shilpa and Dinah, we've at least started the conversation. And that's the most important thing. We don't talk about this subject enough, including the honest sacrifices that needed to happen, the fact that you don't need to be superwoman in every category of your life, and also the reality that women need support from their partners, families, communities, and employers. One of the major takeaways from these two interviews is also that we shouldn't put other women on a pedestal and assume that everything worked out in their life perfectly and that they quote unquote, have it all. I know in my life, I do want to be a mother one day and also continue building my empire. And I also know that I don't have all the answers. But the one thing that I'm very thankful for from Shilpa, Dinah, and the other incredible self-made women we've had on the podcast is that I'm now able to ask the right questions when thinking about my own journey to motherhood. 
I really hope you enjoyed today's mini episode. If you want to hear more from Shilpa or Dinah, check out the show notes to listen to their full episodes. And if you like this episode, please leave a review or even better, share this with somebody who needs to hear this conversation. And it doesn't have to be a woman. It could be their families or loved ones who want to support them on their journey and help them on their path to building their empires. Thanks so much for tuning in and I'll see you again next week. Thank you.